So there can be up to 200 additives in a, a particular wine. So there, you can find this list online of what's allowed. But what it's really become, to kind of summarize, a lot of our wine has become McDonaldized. It's become made in a factory, so to speak, of how can we put the least amount of pure wine and then add in synthetics and fillers and chemicals tap on extra sulfites to cover any impurities in the wine. So it's really become far from letting nature do its thing and the very traditional winemaking process. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. Everything in moderation has always been my motto. And I, like many people, love wine. I believe that if you do it right, drinking wine can be a perfectly acceptable part of a healthy lifestyle. When I went to Italy this summer, I drank wine almost every day, and I never felt bad or uncomfortable the next day. If I drink that much wine here at home in the US, I definitely do feel it the next day. This is a common experience. I've talked to a lot of friends that have said the same thing. So what is going on with our wine here? And how can we find wine at home that is clean and healthy and not gonna make us feel tired and sluggish? On this episode, we are talking with Siobhan Carter, who works with Scout and Cellar, a wine distributor that focuses on wines that are clean, lab-tested, and healthy. Siobhan and I talk about how regulations in the U.S. can allow more impurities and chemicals into wine, and how that compares to regulations and production processes in other countries. We also talk about some of the particular factors that tend to cause hangovers, like sulfites and sugars and how to find wine with less of them. We also touch on coffee, some of the toxins that it can carry, and how to find higher quality beans. I am self-admitted wine snob, and I can honestly say that the wines I have tried from Scout and Cellar are great, and they feel a lot better the next day. <laughs> to learn how to get some, check out the link in our show notes, and enjoy. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have Siobhan Carter with us today. Um, all of you know that I love to do my wine, chocolate, and hormones presentation, and that it was born be out of my love for wine, chocolate, and hormones. So I figured I'd just put them all together, and I feel like they kind of go together. So last night, we had the opportunity to um, present our wine, chocolate, and hormones program, and we had a newcomer to the event, and that was Siobhan. And Siobhan it represents and is a distributor for Scout and Cellar Wines and we are going to tell you, or she is going to tell you primarily all about it today. And I know it seems kind of odd. Well, why would Dr. Chris have a wine person on this healthy podcast? And you're going to find all the answers to that as you continue to listen. And honestly, it's everything in moderation has always been my thing. So Siobhan, tell us a little bit about yourself and let's start talking about wine. 
Great. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Chris. So a little bit about me. Um, I have my doctorate in physical therapy. I am currently practicing part-time in the hospital setting. And I had always been a, focused on fitness and health and clean living. And I really dived into that more once I started having kids. It became really important to me to know what we were bringing into our home. I wanted to know the ingredients. I wanted to make sure the food that we were bringing in and preparing was organic and the best option for myself and my kids. And so I really started diving into that more. And that has led me into what I'm doing now as a consultant with Scout and Seller. And I know we're going to dive into this much further, but mm-hmm. basically we are a clean crafted uh, lifestyle company. So we started with wine and now have branched into coffee. And then we're going to be branching into uh, different product categories in the future as well. Yeah. And I love that you come from the healthy side of things. Obviously, as a physical therapist, you have always been an advocate for health and all healthy things going into the body. Um, So I think I love that this is just kind of a natural progression for you as another avenue for education. And that's what I love so much about it. And I, what I thought was so interesting in your presentation last night was kind of just learning more about how wine is processed in general. And I will admit that I could maybe be a tiny bit of a wine snob. Like I collect it. I love it. (laughs) But when I was in Europe though, we drank wine every day, of course. I'm Italian, was raised Italian, everything Italian. And I never ever felt bad after drinking wine in Italy. Yet here, and especially as we get older, and that's a whole nother conversation. um, I mean, I can't drink more than one glass of wine and I feel kind of icky, you know? That's interesting how you shared, you know, you can go to Europe and would not have similar side effects or negative consequences, so to speak, um, from drinking wine. And that's how we, we really came about our founder. She was doing the same thing. She was studying to become a wine expert and was getting a headache after just a glass or so of wine and then went to Europe and could drink her share of wine and not have any of those negative side effects. And so she really set out to bring more transparency to the wine industry and provide this education to people so they could make a better decision or more educated decision on what wine they are drinking. So launching into um, some of the, I guess, the not so great news. So um, the FDA does not regulate wine and what they do regulate are additives. So there can be up to 200 additives in a, a particular wine. So there, you can find this list online of what's al- what's allowed. But what it's really become, to kind of summarize, a lot of our wine has become McDonaldized. It's become made in a, a factory, so to speak, of how can we put the least amount of pure wine and then add in synthetics and fillers and chemicals and tap on extra sulfites to cover any impurities in the wine. So it's really become far from letting nature do its thing and the very traditional winemaking process that 
that used to be and is still held up mostly in Europe because they banned so many additives and chemicals and things like that. Well, I was so surprised. So I realized, you know, when I I look on on the back of a bottle of wine and I was and it's true I'm like there's no ingredients. Like I <laughs> it was funny cuz I would even look on a bottle of wine and I would want to know like which grape varietals are in a blend. Like cuz I would I want to know how much cab, how much merlot. They won't even list that. They don't even have to list any of that. And when you were talking last night I was like you're right. Like there are no ingredients listed on the back of a label of wine and no nutrients. Like, so they don't have to have a label because they are not regulated by the FDA. And I thought that was so interesting. Yet when I turned the bottle of wine over that we were having last night, sure enough, it listed right there. It said, or the rosé said organic grapes, yeast, and sulfites. And that was it. And you would think, oh no, that's, but but I would imagine so many other wines would have had like, you know, the usual list. When you go to the store and you buy something that's processed, the 16 things, 17 things that you can't even pronounce. This way, exactly. and I used to teach us all the time with labels, right? If you can say the words, then it's probably kind of going to be okay for you. If you can't say those words, then you probably shouldn't eat it. Right. And with so many people that are checking ingredient labels, um, myself included, you can't even do that with wine. You really you really have to dig. You have to search if you want to know what the ingredients are or what the nutritional facts in conventional mass-produced majority of wines. And that's just, that's really just unfortunate because for a lot of people who are trying to eat healthier and watch what they're putting in their body, it's like, who do you, who do you trust? How do you find out um, if this is actually a good product to be consuming. And so um, we we talked last night a little bit about what you should be looking for if you are buying wine from the grocery store or any other large big box store. You want to look for a bottle of wine that says organic on it. You will see a lot of bottles will say made with organic grapes. Mm-hmm. And that's great. You don't want any toxic pesticides. You don't want to be drinking Roundup in your in your glass. <laughs> no. But it can be made with organic grapes, but the whole bottle, the wine itself is not made organically. So you want to make sure that it says the whole bottle, the wine itself is organic, not just the grapes that they use. And one other thing uh, to look for also is vegan. This this was a big surprise for everyone last night. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, vegan wine? Oh, and then, I mean, what's coming? You need to brace yourself for what Siobhan's going to say next. Just, just get ready, because here it comes, because I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so myself too. And if you talk to some of the old school people in the wine industry, I guess you could say, this is kind of common knowledge to them. but. Not all wines are vegan because a lot of major, big, mass-produced companies will use fish bladders and fish byproducts in their wine to filter out the sediment. Some will also yeah. use egg whites. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's pretty gross. I, I, I really was disturbed by that myself when I heard it. And with Scout and Cellar, we use clay which tends to be a little bit more costly, but it's definitely not gross. 
<laughs> Definitely not gross. So that's in the filtration process. That's when they use this, the fish bladder or whatever it is they're using. Yes, they use it to filter out some of the sediment. And if you do go to a smaller family-run winery or vineyard, you may see some sediment in your glass. And that's natural. That's just part mm -hmm. of it. And that's actually by not filtering it and not pulling out so much from the bottle of wine, the glass of wine, you're going to have more flavor and more texture and more body to the wine. So um, at Scout and Cellar, we tend to let nature do its thing and we try not to uh, get in the way as much. <laughs> That's good. We don't, we don't want the fish bladder. That's yucky. But I will say, you know, as a physician, there are people who have significant sensitivities and or allergies to fish, different kinds of fish and eggs. So I'm wondering now if some of those people who feel like they can't drink wine, it's not the wine, it's not the grapes, it's the byproducts and or the filtration system, icky, that, that they're using. That's got to be part of the problem. Yes. And I've definitely had customers with, with that situation. Exactly. I have uh, a colleague of mine that would just get a rash hive sometimes from drinking wine. And turns out she also has a pretty high um, allergy to seafood. Mm -hmm. So she can drink our wine without any problem now, luckily. <laughs> luckily, yay! <laughs> well, I do, I do notice, I mean, again, the caveat is that I love wine and I've been almost collecting it for a long time. But the, the the nicer small vineyard the one I've never felt ill or sick from some of those really really smaller batch wines that I only get there at the vineyard I mean and they have a lot of sediment they usually do especially if you let them lay for a while and so that's just really interesting but 100% all the others is I mean I don't even order wine when I go out a lot of times I won't because there's nothing on that menu that's going to work. <laughs> I'm just, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. And we Keep talked going. about that last night too. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. Um, if you are going to go out to dinner and want a glass of wine, what to look for on your, on the, the wine list there. And I would suggest if possible, look for a wine that is imported from Europe or South America, that it's mm -hmm. actually bottled and made out of the U.S., that, that's the the real thing there because they have such such higher standards uh, outside of the U.S. They ban so many other additives and chemicals. You know, again, I I hate to say this too, but California is they're doing a lot of studies and research now that California wines and just California crops in general have really high high traces of uh, Roundup and the glycolophate in it which has been linked to many, many health concerns, as we know. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love that, Siobhan. Like if you are out, um, you know, pick an Italian wine or pick, you said also a wine from South America. Unless you're drinking Scout and Cellar wine. That's a whole nother story. Yes, that's a whole yes. nother story. How, I mean, and I will say, again, I was skeptical because of this whole wine world I'm in. So I have had 
what, three or four or five different tastes now of your wines. And I cannot tell you how impressed I am. And all the women last night were too. Totally. And I know a few of them were definite wine people. And then I was telling you about the Sauvignon Blanc that I had here at my house. And I loved it. It it had so much flavor. And I had a glass. And I mean, honestly, it was just so pleasant. And I didn't think, you know, it was a weeknight. So I typically wouldn't have drank very much. But um, I I had not, no issues, but I did drink the red a cab um, over the weekend and still I, nothing. I love it. I loved it. I am, and I'm not like, I'm being true 100%. <laughs> and, yes. and I usually, and also I don't usually like Melbecks, to be honest. And I tried the Melbeck last night and I thought it was very smooth for a Malbec. Yeah, that's my favorite, favorite one right now, the Etnico um, Malbec from Chile. It's very, uh, very smooth, very drinkable. And yeah, I really enjoy that one too. So how does Scout and Cellar work? Like, how do you find your wines or, you know, how does it all work? Okay. Yeah. So we, we got started in 2017. So we're still a fairly new company. Um, and what I briefly mentioned about the founder, uh, she, she is a lawyer and wanted to become a wine expert, was studying to become a wine expert. And that's when she started having some negative side effects, headache, brain fog, kind of the typical stuff. And she wanted to set out to do something about that, really find out and to educate and let people know, like, this is how wine is traditionally made or has now become traditional, I should say, um, in the U.S. And we have set forth to really disrupt that, make it more transparent, bring a better for you product to market. And we stand behind our, our clean crafted commitment. And what that means is all of our wines, all of our products are free of toxic pesticides. So we go above and beyond organic because some organic designations, I, you can say, allow certain types of pesticides. So we are mm -hmm. above that. And then we yeah. don't allow any sort of synthetics or chemicals uh, into our wines, no like artificial aids of any kind. And then no added sugar and no added sulfites, which is a really big deal. It's amazing to see that there a lot of conventional wines have a lot of sugar and a lot of calories in them. And you really wouldn't think that initially. You, why would there be so much sugar and carbs in a in a glass of wine? So we have kind of taken that back, and we have over half of our collection of wines are zero sugar wines, and our sulfites, which a big thing that people associate with their not so good feelings the next day, um, yep. headaches, are sulfites, and we. We do not add any sulfites. So a lot of times companies will add sulfites to cover up any imperfections or just maybe they the grapes were overripe or underripe or just not a great crop. Mm. They'll throw sulfites at it to see if that'll help. <laughs> yeah. So sulfites are like kind of like they're salt, you know, when you're cooking like they'll or it's a but it is a preservative. Correct. Mm hmm. 
So yes, it is a preservative. And there's a lot of foods that have sulfites in them. Cheeses. And yeah, with, mm -hmm, yep. And with, with grapes, that is just part of the fermentation as well. Um, So I would say our, our wines only have about 50 parts per million sulfites and comparing that to mass produced conventional wines, they can have up to like 300 parts per million. Yikes. Major headache. (laughs) Yeah. And unfortunately this is what people don't know. Like the, you know, the wine Mm -hmm. industry doesn't want to share this and it's just really unfortunate. So we have really set out to make that known and we're aiming to make other wineries and companies do the same, share more information. And so Mm -hmm. we have all of our, like you mentioned, we have all our ingredients right on the label. We don't allow more than seven ingredients and they're all ingredients you can pronounce. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. See, that follows the rule. That is the the rule. (laughs) Yes. And then we, (laughs) and then we also provide our soil to sip report So that's available on our website for each of our wines. And that'll tell you where it was harvested, when it was harvested, how it was aged, how it was bottled, and then down to the nutritional facts. So you can see the exact calories, carbs, residual sugar that's in the wine. So when we say zero sugar wine, that means there's less than 0.05 grams per liter. There's 700 milliliters of wine and there's a speck of sugar. <laughs> yes. And so with the less sugar, with the less sugar, the no sulfites, obviously you're going to have a much healthier bottle of wine, relatively speaking. And that's so interesting too with, I mean, you would typically think like a rosé would be so much sweeter. And I've tasted the rosé the rose, and it has a sweetness, but it's definitely not sweet. It's definitely drier, which I much more appreciate. It tastes way better that way too, I think. Yes. Our winemakers have found a way to, to do that, to bring it more fruit forward, make it a more of a blend, add a touch of this varietal or this varietal to get the mm-hmm. taste they're going for rather than adding in any sort of artificial components. Our founder will say, you know, if it doesn't taste good, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how healthy and clean and <laughs> low calorie it is. If it doesn't taste good, it doesn't matter. That is so true. And I would not have moved forward with wanting to have you on the podcast and everything. I'm like, okay, we'll do the wines because it's the right thing to do, you know, at my wine, chocolate and hormones. Cause you know, felt a little guilty about having wine at my healthy event, even though I love it. And, but you know, alcohol just in and of itself, alcohol's rough on the body. It definitely requires a healthy detox system. It requires your body to step up its game. So it's it's not a stressor that we typically like to encourage all the time. But again, everything in moderation. So I'm like, okay, this is good. We'll have quote healthy wines and everything will be, you know, everything will quote look good on the surface. But but truly, I just think they they taste good. So yeah, I'm in. I love it. Um, and how many wines did you say were on that list? How many, how many varieties do you guys have? We have quite a few. Uh, on the website right now, I believe we have close to 100 in our wow. collection. And I don't think we touched quite on this, but we source our grapes from all over the world. So we work with small family-run 
vineyards and boutique vineyards around the world that can't really compete with these huge companies uh, that you see at Costco and these big box stores. Mm-hmm. And within Scout and Cellar, then we take those grapes and we make the wine ourselves to our high clean crafted criteria. And then we also test, we lab test, third-party lab tests to make sure that the grapes we get from these sources and the wine that we make before it's bottled is held up to the high standards that we have. So there, your Scout and Cellar in general are bringing on other clean products too, right? You were talking about that. Yes, um, we have coffee as well that we launched a couple years ago. So we source our coffee currently from Honduras and we test it for any mold or mycotoxins. And that's another thing I just really didn't want to know, but I've come to find out that even more than grapes, uh, coffee, the coffee crops are the highest chemically treated crop in the world. I know. It's terrible. Oh. And the mold Terrible. and everything about it. Oh, it makes me so sad. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately, I feel like I keep saying that word, but I'm kind of <laughs> bursting everyone's bubble here. <laughs> <laughs> Majority of coffee has mold in it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's being tested, unless it actually says that on the label that there's no mold in there. It probably does. It probably does have mold in there. Yeah, there's... A lot of my patients have to stop drinking coffee. They just get so many side effects, especially a lot of issues with the stomach, gut in general, causing diarrhea or causing burning, you know, all kinds of things happen. That increase in acid, um, just can't handle it. And when you're just getting regular old coffee and who knows where, I mean, I'm a, you, are, you are definitely ingesting a lot of toxins and that's never a good idea. Yeah. And with our coffee too, we, it's very uh, low in acidity. So I've had a lot of customers who, for example, can't drink like Starbucks coffee. It's just way too Mm -hmm. bitter and way too hard on their digestive system. And like, once you get, once you get that kind of out of your system and you start drinking the good stuff, and then you go back to that, you're just like, what was I ever thinking? I know. (laughs) I know. It's rough. It's, right? The struggle is real trying to find a place to eat out. So all of your wines are all like you have to order them online. Like how do we, how are people going to find the wines or the coffee or anything that you're talking about today? Yes. So we're all e-commerce. We have a website where you can order directly from and then it ships right to your door. So it will arrive at your doorstep and our Our bestseller tends to be our wine club. We are the number three wine club in the U.S. right now. And I think think that's the kind of the best bang for your buck, the most cost-effective way to enjoy our wine and get to try out new wines. So if you're one who does like the surprise and does want to expand their palate and try new things, then I would definitely suggest the wine club. But we do have other options. People can order a la carte and there's no subscription needed. So it it really gives a variety for how people want to order and enjoy our wine. So, well, I am so excited about your wines. Um, I think I should go have a glass right now because we are recording this on a Friday and is the afternoon. So I think it's time. I think that's allowed. Yes, Yes, I agree. (laughs) Totally allowed. (laughs) 
<laughs> we should and have planned that better and had a glass together during the podcast. We should have. We should have. I don't know why we didn't even do that. But <laughs> thank you so much for sharing this last half hour with me. And I am sure we will be getting together again because that was super fun. Yes, me too. That was super fun. I really enjoyed it. And and like I said, I see many, um, many more times and, and events to come. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Siobhan. We'll see you later. Thanks, Dr. Chris.